Welcome to Bioinnovator Spotlight at Life Science Org, where we listen to the life science leaders of tomorrow tell their story and discuss their challenges as founders and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, scientist turned communicator, Dr. David Kirk. Let's meet today's founder. I'm joined this week by Ri Chi Ni, project leader at Neuropat a collaboration between University Hospital Bern, University Hospital Zurich, ETH Zurich, the University of Zurich, and the University of Aachen. Richie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for inviting me. Please tell us a little bit about your background and how you came into life science and life science in Europe as well. I'm a scientist by training. I did my bachelor in pharmacy in Shanghai at uh, Budan University. And uh, after graduation, I went to Stockholm and uh, Uppsala University for my master and uh, PhD in uh, in medical science. So it's about uh, seven years. And afterwards, I have a short uh, GSPS collaboration um, postdoc uh, for five months in Japan in uh, uh, Chiba near Tokyo at the National Institute for Radiological Science. So, and uh, afterwards I went to Zurich since 2016 until now. Yeah. Uh, You were saying to me before the call that uh, Sweden was very dark in the winter. It was something I can empathize with having done my studies in Finland. Um, Was it the winters that drove you away or was it the search for something new? Exactly. I think uh, summer is perfect, uh, but uh, winter is a bit uh, cold and uh, difficult to cope with. I think uh, otherwise Sweden is a super innovative country and uh, really high, uh, a bit below Switzerland, but uh, still very, yeah. And Uppsala has got some great science going on there. Uh, Exactly. And uh, Karolinska is also top medical school. Exactly. No, that's so interesting. And tell me, why did you decide now to explore going from the research side to the more entrepreneurial side and leading the the Neuropath project? so I think, uh, so from my PhD study, we work on the translational project of developing amyloid and tau imaging tracer for Alzheimer's disease patients. Okay. And uh, during these years, we see that uh, some of the compounds we work with has been kind of FDA approved and uh, implemented in the clinical um, decision making and uh, clinical trial. So I feel that's a huge impact to the patient and can benefit the patient if the compound can actually go to the market. So, mm-hmm. but we know that uh, the imaging in Parkinson's field is still, is still a bit lagged behind compared to Alzheimer's disease. So that's why I want to um, kind of push it towards the um, commercialization. Oh, interesting. Um, can you tell me a little more about the challenge in this field then? Um, you mentioned Alzheimer's being a bit... Uh, further ahead than Parkinson's. Uh, what What is the big challenge facing this field and, and how are you coming into it? Mm-hmm. So it's basically in the framework. So before, like many years before, so Alzheimer's disease is uh, defined uh, based on the clinical result or clinical testing score. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the same for Parkinson's disease. However, uh, a few years ago, the diagnostic criteria has changed for Alzheimer's disease. So now the Diagnosis is more towards a biological definition, um, but it's still not changed yet for Parkinson's disease. Um, I heard during the conference uh, last week, so there are initiatives to 
move towards a biological definition for Parkinson's disease, like not purely on the clinical readout. Right. So I think that would be a great like a paradigm shift. Yeah. What would that mean for the field generally? So it's like, uh, uh, so because now the uh, clinical diagnosis is based on whether the patient has some, for example, movement or uh, motor dysfunction. Right. But uh, uh, if we kind of shift towards a biological definition, then it's more towards detecting the molecular changes in the brain. So it will change how people detect the disease and uh, treat the disease. I'm sorry, would it, would it have an implication for diagnosis then as well? Exactly. So it's like uh, the diagnosis will be moved more earlier and uh, I hope more accurate. Yeah. And is this what you're trying to address as well with Neuropat? If you can, uh, if you can talk about what you're doing with the project. Uh, yeah, we can actually not directly address the diagnosis. We can only assess and um, assist the decision making. Okay. As, like a, as a tool for the clinic, clinician to make decision. Mm. How does it work exactly? So if we think about the patient flow, walking patient flow, so mm. it's like when the patients uh, get kind of referred to the uh, specialist and then they will went through different uh, imaging tests and um, some fluid tests, for example. Yeah. And uh, then the clinician will make a decision based on all the information he or she gets. Mm. Then... Um, our kind of detection method is to find the nucleic, which is the toxic protein aggregates that's crucial for Parkinson's disease, and uh, which is also will be included in this uh, biological definition for Parkinson's disease. Right. And then if the, uh, the clinicians see, okay, this score is really high, then the patient, I mean, the, the person is most likely to have Parkinson's disease. It's also very important to differentiate between the diseases because there yes. are several different diseases for the elderly and they are very confounding between them because many of the uh, kind of symptoms, they are overlapping. That's why it's very important to have the biological kind of readout. Yeah, I was speaking to um, uh, another of the next-gen members on these different amyloid diseases. There's... I think you mentioned there's dozens, but possibly hundreds of these different diseases. And uh, is that an extra challenge for you as well than differentiating? Exactly. I think it's great that you mentioned it. So uh, because there's a spectrum of uh, pathology and diseases and they have overlapping parts. So one of the challenges we face is how to have a specific compound that detects only synuclein, not other co-pathology like amyloid and tau, for example. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting because you need to know the right thing in order to provide the right treatment to the patient. Exactly. And uh, also um, some of the pathology occur in certain brain region and we know that uh, this is also a signature for certain disease. But it might be different in other um, yeah, disease with other senior clinopsy. Yeah. How is the field um, progressing generally? I know we, we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but... Um, there was obviously a lot of controversy around uh, Alzheimer's in the last year or so, but uh, in terms of these amyloid diseases and these uh, protein aggregation diseases, uh, how, how is the field progressing in the last few years? Um, I think it's uh, super fast. We see up and downs and uh, there's uh, so many clinical trials going on currently. Mm -hmm. So there's about 140 clinical trials wow. for Parkinson's disease. And uh, uh, so many of them, 
actually targeted to senior directly or indirectly. So there are huge immunotherapy studies from Roche, for example, and from Biogen. Yeah. Just like a, a huge demand from the patients. Yeah. You've been leading now the, the Neuropath project for uh, quite a while, and it's still um, ongoing, this massive collaboration between, uh, I think this is the biggest collaboration anyway I've had to introduce at the start of a podcast. Um, how, what is the biggest challenge facing you now as, as the leader of the project? Um, I would say it would be the uncertainty or unknown. I mean, the risk is very high. We all know it's like the... Yeah. Uh, central nervous system field is uh, quite uh, complicated and uh, facing a lot of challenge. And uh, yeah, that's always, uh, for example, off-target finding and uh, whether the model we tested is good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, but uh, this is unforeseen risk, I think. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to allude back as well to your... Uh... You were an entrepreneur fellow as well at the, oh, I can't remember which university it was. This is terrible. University of Zurich? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, how did that, how did you find that uh, training and that experience? Was it useful uh, for leading the project? Um, I think it's uh, super helpful and uh, basically it provides a framework um, of uh, what to think about. Um, because we are trained as a scientist uh, not to think on the business side and yeah. the regulatory side. Uh, so in addition, the program provides us with a great opportunity to hear from the European leaders and uh, from the different uh, kind of uh, uh, aspects like lawyer uh, regarding patent and also a regulator from the Swiss medic and oh. also from investor. Uh, so it's like the um, whole ecosystem. We have some impression of. Yeah, and there's some good mentorship involved as well, I understand. Which yes, exactly. Um, the last question I'm going to ask you now is the question I ask everybody, and that's uh, can you recommend a book or a documentary to, probably more a book because you said you're more of a reader, uh, <laughs> to uh, other founders or other project leaders who are thinking of um, eventually spinning out their project? Um, yeah, I would say the book I recommend, maybe uh, many people have recommended before, it's, it's uh, from zero to one. So uh-huh. I think it's more philosophical, less like tactic. So to more think about uh, uh, what to do and with your life and uh, also your project. And uh, it's like providing a great framework and a direction to see where to go to. Yeah. I think, is that work-life balance important to you as well as a leader? Uh, well, I think uh, this question is actually quite difficult because there's no work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think that's the answer everybody has, to be fair. It's very hard when you're leading a project and there's so much, uh, there's so much that you have to do at the early stages, especially. Yeah, because I still have the academic part ongoing, so yeah. it's like I have two projects I need to be balance two jobs no time for life it is the uh the entrepreneur's dilemma uh richie thank you so much for talking with me and joining me on bio innovator spotlight and hopefully we will talk to you soon thank you very much david for the time and uh, for the kind invitation it was nice talking to you likewise are you a life science ceo in europe go to lifescienceorg.com where you can connect, share, and engage with a community of your peers. We have a platform just for early-stage founders, too. You can join there 
at nextgen.lifescienceorg.com.